How many of you would have to admit that there's things you hear and know they're true, but you know you don't have a handle on them yet and they don't work for you? I think if you're honest, everybody in the building. We're going we're gonna to find out why tonight and we're going to learn how to fix that. How would you like to know how to fix the stuff that when you read a scripture, you go, I want that to work. I do too. A lot of things that I preach on, I get them from the Lord. I get them because I go to God myself and I go, I want to know how this works. I want to know how everything works. And so he began, the other night I was in prayer. And I have to tell you, I was having a Mary Fran prayer. I was hollering at God. I don't do it often. I can't remember the last time I got mad at him. And I just told him, there are certain things I'm going to see an answer to them. And it was amazing within 30 minutes, he was answering how to fix what it was that I was talking to him about. And now I'm going to preach to you what he showed me. Amen. Isn't this good? This is good. So in 2 Corinthians, we're going to have, we have to have a key scripture. Brother Hagan taught us that to start off. 2 Corinthians 3.18. We all with unveiled face. What does it mean to have an unveiled face? There is nothing in the Bible hidden from us. Now, it isn't a matter that we don't understand it. We do understand it. I understand that two and two is four. I understand a lot of things, but making all math equations work doesn't work for me. So it says that we, as a born-again Christian, read our Bibles with an unveiled face. That means the Holy Spirit will show you what it means. And, and, what, and, and, we, and all of us in here have experienced like a wow, I get it when we're reading our Bible. That's awesome. So we, with an unveiled face, behold... And looking into a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. The very first thing I need to show you is this. All revelation comes in stages. You don't get it all right off the bat. No one does. Now, that itself helps me. So I'm going to prove it to you. Um, we're going to go back and talk about something very simple. We're going to, a matter of fact, we're going to go back in time, some of us a few years, some of us a long time ago. I remembered in class when we had the papers that had the lines on the top and the lines in the middle where I was doing A and a little A and a A and a little A and an A. Come on, I'm, I'm being monotonous. And a little A and an A for an hour. And I remember the day I went to the B and my teacher always said, and I wrote, I always took my tongue out. And she came and she said, Daryl, if you don't put your tongue in, you're going to bite it off. <laughs> and I had another bad habit in elementary school. I couldn't sit in a desk. And I would end up standing up and writing. <laughs> and she'd go, sit down and put your tongue in your mouth. But, you know, it's funny how you remember these silly things and with, the, and with numbers, one, two, three, and I remembered going to uh, adding numbers, one and one, and, I, and it's funny because when you, if you remember like I did, you did one and one is two, and you did one and one is two, and you did one and one is two, and you did one and one, and you think to yourself, you didn't think when you were a kid, why, is they, why are they doing this? Because you don't learn without repetition. You don't. Right. 
and they didn't go to math and, and, and probability and statistics the next month. Why didn't they? You couldn't comprehend it. But now we look back and go, well, that's easy as pie. Well, there are men on the earth that look at stuff in the Bible and, and they get prayers answered. It's that like that. And there's people that are still <laughs> trying to get a prayer answered. And yet we don't understand because we're not understanding the process, the book, the, the Bible works the same as math. So let's do another one. Let's pretend. Let's say that all of us tonight, Rosa's going to start coming and teaching Spanish. All right, but let's get real for a moment. How long do you think it would take you to have a command of the language to where you could converse without thinking? Give me a number. Two, one year? Two years? I'm thinking two. Now, we're, we're talking about a command of it. I want you to understand, I'm going to read something to you right now about the Bible. One of the problems we're all having is that we've never learned to pay attention to maybe one scripture over and over and over and over because we're kind of like going, I know that, but you don't. You don't. All right, I'm going to read something to you. I got out of John G. Lake's book. My little girl said to me, Papa, I don't like the number work. I said, why don't you like mathematics? Papa, it's of no use. I said, dear, you're going to see it all the time. She said, I've never used it. I said, suppose you got eight apples, and I told you to give three to your chum. I don't know what a chum is. If you don't know anything about mathematics, how are you going to tell how many three are? By and by, she said, Papa, it is good, isn't it? And she had courage to go on. Listen to the words I'm going to read. The theory of redemption. But you don't know how to put it. You have a theory of redemption. But you do not know how to put it into practice. Every time I go over the teachings, I get one step nearer my goal. So I'm going over them again and again and again, not only for your sake, but mine also. John G. Lake's writing this. My privileges and place in Christ become more real. The tremendous possibilities of the divine life are almost within grasp. Sometimes when the word is unfolding itself, it seems as if I could close my eyes and plunge into it. I'm going to say this to you. Now, I'm going to stop right here because I'm going to read something else in a minute. I've told you the story many times about Che getting poison ivy and how the Lord said to me, I'm seated. If you want something done, do it yourself. And I went up and commanded it, and it died instantly, right? Yes. Did you know I did not get that to work again for years? I believe it. Did you know I didn't know why? Why do you think it worked the first time? Because the first time he spoke it, he gave me a rhema word. And in faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, but the word there is rhema, not logos. That means the Lord spoke it, faith was in that word, and it worked because I heard God tell me to do it. But yet, even though he said it to me, the reality of that was not real to me. I believed it, didn't I? Yeah. I? I did it. Why was it that the disciples had failures getting people healed? Did they believe in healing? Yes. Sure they did. They'd been watching Jesus heal people. They was in their covenant. They had even been doing it. But every once in a while, they had faith failures. And Jesus would say, why is it you have no faith? Now, what we're going to learn tonight is why they did and why sometimes you don't, but there's no condemnation. If I came to you right now and said, how's your Spanish? And, and I mean, mine is, is all about eating. <laughs> Taco lengua con cilantro, 
o en la bathroom, donde está el baño, yo quiero menú, café con leche. So if it's food, I have a, a little bit of a grasp, but don't go outside of a restaurant with me because I can't talk to you. And Rosa will tell you that's true. So I don't really have a command of the language, but I, I know some nouns and enough to make myself, of, you know, to make myself known a little bit. All right. That's probably the way it is with this book, with many of us. We have enough knowledge to kind of get by. We really don't have a command of the stuff in here God wants us to master the book. So, it's, Mark Hankins does something, and I always wondered why he does it, but it's never bothered me because it benefits me. He preaches the same thing over and over and over. Now think about this. I go out to his meetings I can tell you while he's preaching, I help him. Because he already knows. I've heard that sermon so many times. I can tell you what he's fixing to say. I can tell you half his jokes. Lisa won't let me tell you. But why do I go? I'm not learning new information I'm becoming established in a truth over and over. That makes sense now, doesn't it? And when I was learning the little bit of Spanish I know, and I don't know a lot, everywhere I would go, when I would go with Rosa, or I would go down to, um, uh, where did I go with Justin? Peru? I walked in a restaurant and I sat down there and the lady there spoke English and I had a piece of paper and I said, would you please explain the difference between uh, uh, la quinta and factura? And, and I went over, you know, how to pay my bill. But I wrote it down. I wrote factura. I wrote la quinta. La quinta. Did I do that right? La quinta. And then, I, and so I wrote, I write it, I got a book I carry and I write them down. When I get back to the, when I get back and I come to a restaurant, I open the little Spanish book and I read it. And, and, because, and I practice it and I practice it and I practice it until I get those words down. I've never been able to learn otherwise. I'm, do, how many of y'all are kind of more of a hands-on? Yes. I, I am. I, I have to do it. And, you know, Justin and I were talking about getting back in the plane again because I'm not, I'm not taking a vaccine. You, you, and I may one day give you the stats on it, but I, you will never see me with a needle in my arm and then putting that mess in me. Okay. So I'm, we might have to get our own airplane. Me and Justin might have to be. We can go rent one and go to meetings. and, and that, We've already figured that out. Okay. But when I was getting my pilot's license, I was in the, the airport the other day, and I was asking the man in there about me getting my medical back. And, uh, and it was a CFI, double I, and so the girl there was a student. And, and, and I said, I turned to her, and I said, how are you doing? She goes, not too good. I said, it's okay. I said, they gave, I, I took the class, and at the end of the class, everyone passed but me. Now, I'm not stupid. I really have never been able to grasp anything without doing it. It's just, I remember doing, I remember. I had to get in a plane and fly up in the air and turn on a VOR and turn on another VOR and cross-reference them. Now, I know y'all don't know what I'm just talking about. And after I got up there, I could figure out where I was using highways up there in the sky and using an instrument. And then I got up there and I played with it for a few minutes and I went, oh, okay. I had to then come back and get in my book and read it. I, now I understand it. But I had to put myself in scenarios. So let me tell you what else I did. Now, y'all are going to laugh at me, maybe. I don't know. 
I would go out to Orlando country and I would say, may I use the plane? I don't need the keys. Y'all know where I'm going? I would get in it and I would crank it up and it sounded like this. I'm doing it. And I would pretend because I'm pulling out and I'm going, um, Orlando Country, X-ray 04, this is 1, 2, 3, 4, X-ray, I'm back taxiing on 1, 5. But you understand, I didn't know that then. So I got a, I got a book out and I'm going, uh, this is 1, 2, 3, 4, X-ray, I am um, back taxiing on 1, 5. And, um, and I go, where's 1, 5? It's over there. Okay. I'm back, and, then, um, and then, okay, and then I'm, and I go, okay. And then I, I would pull out. Airplane's not moving. But my brain, I'm, I'm moving. My imagination is moving. And I go all the way down to the end of 4-5, and I got to do a run-up. And I go, okay, I'm going to do my run-up. And I go, mm, uh, 2,000, foot on the brakes, 2,000 RPMs, um, mag check, one mag, put that mag, put that, uh, mag check two, uh, deviation 125, 125, suction, suction, where's suction? There's suction. Okay, check suction, check suction. I know I'm being laborious. Because I needed, this needs to be natural to me. And it's not. Without a book, I'm, I'm lost. And I would fly that plane and never crank it up. I would take off. I would fly it to executive. I would call the tower. I would shoot an approach, I'd land and I'd come back, and I, and I would go in, and, and it never cost me a dime. <laughs> they say that the imagination is as real an instructor as doing it. Yes. I'm going to come over here. Yes. Did y'all hear what I just said? You can learn to fly an airplane and never crank one up. There's a lot of things you can learn. Uh, y'all want to hear another one? This, I, I watched a movie one time on playing golf. And there was a guy that was in Vietnam in a camp. And he played golf in a concentration camp every day in his imagination. He was laying in the bed. Where else he going? And he would walk up. Set the ball down and imagine where it went. You can either play a good game and you can play a real game. And, and when he came home, his game improved. Now, you want to hear one more? I know y'all are enjoying this. When I was studying competition pistol, I read an article by one of the world champions who said, most of my shooting is at home with no ammo. You can create the scenario and never fire a shot. You can create, the, the, you can create it all. And then you can sit back and you can, because if you can't see what you can't see, you'll never see it. You can train your mind and yet you're not even at the range. Can you do it in football? You can. You've got to see, you've got to see that ball hit. And you need to do it over and over and over and over. Am I being monotonous? No. And over and over. All right, let's come back to the Bible now. Are y'all seeing this? This is where we need to start working. Because some of y'all say, well, I read that scripture. How many times have you read it? Are you reading it and are you seeing it? If any man, me, is in Christ. All right, I got one for y'all. Y'all ready for this? God lives in me. That's incredible. God lives in me. Come on, everybody, let's go. God lives in me. 
God lives in me. Now, you say, well, that's confession. Yes, it is. But, but when's the last time you imagined that Jesus is laying hands on her? You're, see, you see yourself as the woman with the issue of blood. I see myself as Jesus. I don't see myself as the sick one. I see myself as the minister. I've made an adjustment in my soul. I don't see myself as the loser. I'm the winner. I don't see myself as Goliath. I see myself as David. And that's why the stories are in there so you can read them and go, I can do that. The more the stories become real to you, you're using a God-given imagination to see something. This is good, isn't it? I mean, I'm doing a good job. I'm doing a better job than y'all are paying me. But anyway, we'll talk about that later, right? All right. Now, I want to read something else now. Are y'all ready? Because I'm going to read the next page. If you could, if you could hear this every morning, and then, about, now he's talking about in, in this in this article, he's talking about the incarnation. God is in you. He, John G. Lake is talking about the revelation that God is in him. Okay, I got to give you the background of what he's talking about. He's, trying, he's preaching on Christ in you, the hope of glory. If you could hear this every morning, and then noontime, and every evening, and before you go to bed, after a while, this truth will seep into you. Are y'all getting this? And you need to hear it. You need to, you need to have certain scriptures that you're picking up in your Bible and going, oh my God, I'm going to read that one more time. See, I got my favorite one is, I don't have a care. I absolutely don't have a care. He's got it. I don't have it. He's working it out. I don't have to worry about anything. He's going to fix it. Hallelujah. I can rest. But how often do you think, well, I wake up in the morning and I'm about, Lisa's in there making coffee. She came in this morning, she said, he brews. And I went, he don't brew today. So, so Lisa made the coffee and by the time I got up, I'm walking into the kitchen and I'm going, the greater one is in me. The greater one is on the inside of me. I got the greater one and I don't have a care in the world. I don't have a care in the world, Frank. I have no cares. He's got them all. I don't have to worry about nothing. Hallelujah. Do y'all think I've ever read that scripture before? You, better, you know, but are y'all getting this? It's got to get real, stay real. You've, you've got to stay focused on some of these things. So, because when stuff hits you, you go, oh, no. Okay, no condemnation. But the next time you have an oh, no moment, you're going to be ready. All right. A young, a young man said to me, there is one lesson on identification. He's talking about who you are in Christ. That has thrilled me through and through. I laid your manuscript down and I went about my daily business. He read an article. My mind kept coming back to it. And he says, I'm going to read it over and over with those scriptures every day. And I wanted him to tell me why. And he said, I'm going to do it because of this reason. It's not mine yet. I, I, read, I read a book and go, oh, God, that's good. And it's not mine yet. I've watched Dad Hagen operate as a prophet and a seer and to know things. Y'all want to tell you a story, just off the cuff, about this man walking his walk with God. One day him and... Aretha, Lisa, tell me the name, or Frank, tell me the name of the guy that drove him around. What was his name? Mark no, it wasn't Mark. It was the, the state trooper. I forgot his name, too. Well, anyway, he had a guy that rode him around, and he says to him, Dad, do you and Aretha want to go out and get something to eat? And he goes, well, I do. And Aretha goes, no, I'm going to stay here, and you guys just go get something. And so... Uh, this gentleman said, Dad, what do you want? He says, hey, I'm in the mood for a steak. James Rackley. James and so he says, he said, let's get a steak. And so they're walking to the car, and Brother Hagen says, well, here's what you're going to do, James. You're going to get in the car. You're going to leave this exit. Get on the interstate and go down to exit so-and-so. Turn in there, and there's a steakhouse in that shopping center. And James got in the car and drove him down and pulled in. And 
They're walking in the steakhouse, and he said, you've been here before? And he goes, no. He said, you've been in the city before? And he goes, no. And he stopped, and he said, James, what do you think I'm trying to teach you? I've never been here before. I just asked the Holy Spirit where it was. And I'm going, yeah. I heard that story, and I said, does it work for deer? Ask my wife if I've ever used that. I have. Where are they, God? Fish. Where are they, God? Lisa does it for shoes. If he, now think, he's developed. You can develop your faith. You ha, every gift God gave you, you still have to develop it. I was talking to Lisa one day, and sometimes I stop worshiping and watch her. She, she plays that guitar good. I would never... That's the difference in someone knows what they're doing, somebody don't know what they're doing. But see, we do this when we're reading the Bible. I'm trying to get it to work. You ain't playing no song if you don't ever play. You got to get in there with that guitar and practice and practice and practice. And when your fingers get real tough, you're, you, you're getting good. Amen. All right, I'm going to finish reading this. It's not mine yet. It's not a part of me. He said, I remember when I took Latin. I studied it two years before Latin became mine. I could translate English into Latin and Latin into English. She said, now I know about the incarnation. I know about this indwelling of God. I know my legal rights, but they're not mine in a practical way so I can use it. The devil has me at a disadvantage still, but I will stand before the Jesus before the devil, just as Jesus stood before the devil yet. I will make this truth mine. This is good, isn't it? I think this is like the missing ingredient because I'm preaching truth to y'all and you're going home and going, this isn't working. Okay, don't get in condemnation. But make that truth your truth. Someone made a statement one time, and I have a thing in my office that one man reads the Bible, 99 read the man. And I wrote it about Brother Hagin because I didn't go to Ramah because, because he preached truth, he lived truth. I didn't want his Bible, I wanted his life. And I knew when I left Ramah, it wasn't mine yet. I understood this, but it wasn't mine yet. It was going to take me years to develop into the man of God that Kenneth E. Hagin is. Not there yet. Touched it at times. Headed there strong. You will live to see it. And I'll live to see you doing things with Jesus you never dreamed. I will live to see you laying your hands on sick people and them getting healed. I will live to see many of you operating in the gifts of the Holy Ghost in this church. I will live to see you doing things with your faith that that you never even imagined you could do. And we will all live to watch each other grow into places in God and sit around and go, we never thought we'd get here. But by God, we're doing in it some of you can you struggle with money there's coming a day it will be no struggle for you but you must get your bible out you have to open it you go well i'm here's why we don't read it you know why you don't read those scriptures you don't believe them the reason you don't believe them is because you don't read them the reason you don't read them you don't believe them and the reason you don't believe them is you don't read them so read them till you believe them and even though you don't believe them start reading them until you do believe them Your brain kicks it out and you go, I'm reading it anyway. 
I'm blessed coming in, I'm blessed going out. Abraham's blessings is mine. I give and it's good measure, pressed down, shaken together. I have what I say. Hallelujah, I'm out of debt and house is paid for and I make X number of dollars every year in Jesus' name. Jesus said I can have what I say and 10 minutes later you go, where's that scripture one more time? Mark Hankins has that big giant book that he wrote. He didn't write it for you. He wrote it for himself. He printed it for you, but he wrote it for himself. And he studied every scripture in every translation until it became his. Do you have this imagination that when Mark is preaching scriptures, they're his? He's mastered them. Yes, he has. When you start believing God for jet airplanes, you've mastered prosperity. You say, well, pastor, you're not there. Hallelujah. But just hang around and keep your eyes open. Hallelujah. We're doing better than we used to and not as good as we're going to. Say, I'm going places. All right. All right. Let me, let me read the rest of this. After a little bit of truth, after a, after a little bit, this truth will get a hold of us. And after a while, it will master us. He says, this is yours. And all he wants you to do is go and act normal. To where the Bible working for you is normal. In some areas it is. Some areas it's not yet. No condemnation. Amen. I don't believe in condemnation. All right. 2 Thessalonians 1.3. I'm doing pretty good. Amen. I got so fired up about this just today, I was in there reading it, because I'm really reading this for me, but I'm just letting you in on my secret. Because Lisa and I wake up in the morning, and sometimes we sit, and she asked me tonight, she says, what are you preaching on? I said, you already heard it. I mean, whole, we're sitting there drinking coffee. I'm going on all of this with Lisa. It's just burning on the inside of me. 2 Thessalonians 1.3. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting, because your faith grows exceedingly. You can grow your faith. You can go from glory to glory to glory. Now, don't get in condemnation. Do not watch another person wherever you are in school. If you're in third grade and you're doing, if you're doing, um, uh, you know, uh, three times three is nine, stay there and push the envelope. Let someone push you to where you're now multiplying two numbers and dividing numbers, and now you're multiplying three columns and, and you're adding ten columns. And I was telling Alicia the other day, I, I worked at McDonald's when they first opened, and then we had paper hats. There was no interior, and all of the food products we sold, we had a pad in front of us and a pencil. And when someone came in and said, I want two hamburgers, three cheeseburgers, a Big Mac, so many Cokes, I went times two and, and I did the math and got the change and made change. That, that was so normal to me. I could add and subtract screaming fast. I'm going to tell you something else. When you're flying an airplane at 180 miles an hour and you're at 10,000 feet and you're traveling three miles a minute, how far out do you have to be to come down from 10,000 feet and to make it the, 20, the last 20 miles if you are descending at 500 feet a minute? Can you do the math in your head? No. I can. <laughs> do it all the time. Now, do you all understand that if you, if you do something, you get good at it? I don't care who you are. I, I do not believe, well, I, I do, but there, there's people. And they believe that person is gifted. Okay. Let's say that they can take a guitar to a 10. I can take it to a 5. I don't believe, I believe I can do anything I put my mind to. Now, there are some things I don't want to put my mind to them. When it comes to the computer... Justin can do it. I don't want to know it. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, I'm not dumb. Right. Right. No. 
I don't want to know. You know, because sometimes my dad was an engineer and he's one of the men that designed the C5A galaxy. I'll tell you something you don't know. I'm actually almost genius. But I don't like studying everything. But I, but I mean, there's math problems I do in my head and there's things. You know, do y'all know how much 3.3 grams of HP38, how many, what the power factor is on that in a, in a bullet? 147 grains. It's 830 feet a second. Y'all didn't know that, did you? Well, see, I, I can actually sit down and figure all of that out. I don't have any, but I like it. And then Lisa comes in and goes, honey, if you'll just do this with the phone, and I go, I, I, don't, I don't know how to do that. Now, here's why. They're going to change that stupid app next week. And I'm going to be going, I, I, you want me to relearn it? I don't want to relearn this thing. Okay. So you can do, I said that all that to say this, you can do what you want to do. I do not believe there's such a thing as a lid. I don't believe in it. I believe that if you can dream it, I think you can go there and you can do it. Ask Elon Musk. I mean, anybody that wants to run around on a spaceship is just a little bit loopy. I mean, there's nothing out there. I mean, this, this planet, we, hadn't, we, haven't, we haven't checked this one out yet. Let's forget about the, that is the ugly, the, the moon and no air and no water. I don't care anything about going there. What's on Mars? Nothing. But that's him. But yet he's used his imagination to get what he dreamed about. And he's not even a Christian. Listen, listen, I, I think we, we limit ourselves by going, I can't. You, oh, yes, you can. Make up your mind. Yes, you can. You can be rich if you want to, but it's going to cost you. you. You can learn. One of the things I'm doing right now in Bible school, and I know people, are, they're, they're, they don't like it. Because they come to me and go, we don't like to read. I go, I know. What do you want me to do? Read anyone. Because you have a lazy brain. Well, I mean, you were giving us two books. That ain't nothing. Wait till I give you five. But I'm going to tell you what's going to happen in the nine months. You're going to be a whole lot smarter. And you're going to be able to read twice as good as you could. You don't learn to read watching the television. And Facebook. Woo! Now, I grew up in an era where we didn't have movies. We had books. And man, and, and all you older people, you help me out right now. Nothing on the planet like curling up in a chair on a winter day and pull a novel out and get lost in a world not here. Whether it's Robin Hood, Sherlock Holmes, or Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. It is so fun to read a book and to go on a vacation and never leave the living room and it doesn't cost you a dime. I have been everybody from Tarzan to the Lone Ranger at, at one point in my life. And then one day I dreamed of being a preacher. Y'all are, are fun to preach to tonight. But this is making sense now, isn't it? it make, you, your faith can grow. Let's look at another one. How do you Really learn. Isaiah 28. How do you learn? How do you really learn anything? Isaiah 28. Now, understand something. I understand that when you're a baby Christian and you get sick, we're going to pray for you. But not 20 years later. Don't get mad at me. If you have a son at home that doesn't work, tell him to get a job or starve. Well, go hungry. That's a nicer word. Isaiah 28, 9. Whom will he teach knowledge? Talking about God. And to whom will he make understand the message? Those weaned from milk? Those drawn from breast, 
Precept must be upon precept. Precept upon precept. Line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. Powerful scripture. When you read a book like Mark Hankins on faith, and you get done, and then you read the one on blood covenant, and then you read, go back to the one on faith. And read it again. And people come to me and say, Pastor, have you read all of those books on your office? Well, some of them 10, 15, 20 times. But I'm going to tell you a secret. There's a lot of fat in there. Take a highlighter and underline the lean meat. So second time you read the book, read the yellow. And then take an orange highlighter and underline the meat there. And the third time you read the book, read the yellow with the orange mark. I mean, I'm doing good. And you're sitting down and reading a whole book in an hour and you're going, no, I don't believe you just read that book in an hour. I did. I didn't read all of the stories. I don't need to read the stories again. I got that. I want the meat out of this book. I want the meat between the stories. I don't care about the windows that open up the book. I want the meat here. And so I'm going back and reading that book over again. And you're going, well, that book took me all day. And you read it in an hour. You read fast. Yes, I do. I just gave you the secret. Don't you tell anybody my secret. (laughs) You can do that with college books. You can do it with a lot. Listen, here's a secret to going to college. Buy used books. They've already marked the good stuff. Am I right? Yeah. And they mark it in pencil. And you can go through and read it. And then after that, you can go, eh, that, that's, that's a test question. That, oh, that's a test question. Okay. I'm, I'm helping you cheat and y'all are like. <laughs> Verse 11 is kind of neat. With stammering lips and another tongue. How, why is he putting that in there when it comes to learning the Bible? Could it be that the Holy Spirit will help you if you'll read and pray in the Spirit? Just pray in the Holy Ghost and read the Scripture and pray in the Holy Ghost. He he wrote it. He ought to know it. He's the boss. So he kind of gave you the secret to faith right there with stammering lips and another tongue. I will speak to this people. And you said, this is the rest that he caused the weary to rest. This is the refreshing. But they wouldn't hear me. A lot of people don't want to hear. All right. Mark 4. How are we doing? Oh, good. Mark 4. Let's go to Mark 4. Everybody make me feel good. Say, oh, you're doing good. I'll tell you, make you feel good. Y'all are doing good too. Sometimes y'all are hard to wake up. You know, sometimes you're like, yeah. Mark 4. Jesus said the same thing. I'm going to read two different scriptures that he said the same thing. Mark 4.24. And he said to them, take heed what you hear. With With the same measure you use it, it will be measured to you. And to you whom hear, more will be given. And whoever has... To him more will be given, and whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken. What's he saying? Once you get faith for salvation, use it. Once you get faith for the Holy Ghost, use it. Once you get your first tongues in interpretation, use it. Once you lay hands on someone and they get healed of a headache, use it. Well, wait till cancer comes. Right. You, you, you're getting it pieces at a time. Keep using what you have been given. You say, well, I, I, I prayed some and it didn't happen. Keep using it anyway. Grab the scripture and use it. Grab the scripture and use it. Grab the scripture and use it. Right. Now, let's talk a little bit about what you hear. Is it possible for you to hear the wrong thing all day? Yep. Yes. Turn it off. Faith comes by hearing? Does fear come by hearing? 
the New World Order is scaring the H-E-L-L out of everybody with the television. And we have people right now that are thoroughly indoctrinated in fear because they're listening to it over and over and over and over. I read an article today that when the New World Order created the, the coronavirus, they knew it would be no worse than the flu, but they made it big and scared you, and it has killed no more people than the average flu, but in your mind, it's deadly. But the Bible's not true to you, because you don't read it. Turn the TV off. Pick your Bible up and begin meditating on what Jesus said. I will live and not die with long life. He'll satisfy me. He will show me his salvation. Greater is he that's inside of me. I will build my church. The gates of hell don't stand against me. Sin has no dominion over me. Sickness has no dominion over me. Satan has no dominion over me. My body is the temple of God, the Holy Ghost. Now, you don't get there just listening to me. You walk out here and go, that was good. Well, this, this sermonette is good for about one hour. And you'd better do something about it yourself. Turn the TV off. Now, why do people right now starting to believe otherwise about whoever dreamed we'd come to an age where someone thought murdering a baby was okay? But to many people it is because they hear it over and over and over and over and over and over. You've been indoctrinated to believe something a lie because you heard it over and over and over and over and over. Every newscaster is getting their news from one source. There's only four men on the earth running all of this crap. Did you know that? That's not too many, but they've got the whole earth jumping and dancing because of fear. Not me. I ain't dancing to your tune. All right, let's look at another one now. You ready? Go to Luke 11. Thirty-three. No one, when he has lit a lamp, puts it in a secret place under a basket. What did God write the word for? He wants it to be seen by everybody. But on a lampstand so that all who may come in may see the light. The lamp of the body is your eye. Therefore, when your eye is good, in other words, when you are looking at the right thing, your whole body is full of light. Your life is full of light. You are full of joy. You are full of peace. You're full of God. If you keep your eye looking at the right thing, watch your eye gate. I'm going to read a scripture to you all in a minute, and you're going to look at me like, wow. All right. When your eye, but when your eye is bad, what you're looking at. Listen to me. The next door neighbor's wife is not for you to be checking out. Don't look at her and you won't have a lust problem. Now, if y'all want to, come in mine and Lisa's house. Roam through every drawer, every video, and every book. You will find no cleavage. So how is it I'm not tempted by wild women? I don't have any to look at. Oh yeah, I mean, just leave it off your phone. If you can't handle it, give your phone to your wife and tell her to put a child, what do you call that? Childproof your phone. And when your buddies go, see, let me see your phone. You go, it's been childproof. My wife did it, so I can't watch nothing. I'm just, uh, that's just between you and your wife. If your, if your eye is bad, your body will be full of darkness. You say, my life is hell on earth. What are you looking at? 
come on. Therefore take heed that the light which is in you is not darkness. And when your whole body is full of light, having no part dark, the whole body will be full of light as the bright shining of a lamp gives you light. Light's powerful. Now I'm going to tell you all something about movies. I've watched movies that when I got finished, I was angry. I'm going to find somebody and whoop them right now. You're, what's the movie, the doctor that was supposed to kill his wife? What was the movie? In the train wreck and all of that. The Fugitive. You know, at the end of that movie, I'm going. They did him wrong. So I went and looked up the history. He killed her. It was a movie. They lied to me. And I had all the feelings of sympathy for this man. Watch what you watch. Watch who you listen to. I watched Mississippi burning. I wanted to kill white folk. I did. I'd have got me a shotgun. Don't look at me. I'm going to tell you that's wrong. It's a movie, but it was real. You notice that they were in church? You notice they went to God? You notice he delivered them? He did. See, you know, there's no racism. It's not sin. It's not skin. It's sin. I hate injustice. I hate injustice. I hate it when, you, when, you do, when people are done wrong. I hate it. But I can only watch so much. I'll be going. Where's my Bible? I better go read my Bible right now. Are y'all the same way? Am I the only way? I mean, you got to watch what you watch. Okay. Just saying. Are you focused on fear? Are you focused on the news? Are you focused on your business? Matthew 6, 25, he said, seek first. Powerful scripture. Seek, it, seek first the kingdom. Why? Because you need to have that on the forefront of your thoughts all the time. Not school. School indoctrinates you. You'll come home, a half, I mean, quite the hellion if you don't know how to read your Bible and pray in the Holy Ghost and get around a bunch of Christians while you're in college. All right, I'm going to read one more, Genesis 3, and I'm going to, and I'm going to close with this, even though it's a little bit early. I'm going to ask you a question. No, I'm going to read two. I've got two scriptures. One on Genesis 3. Three. All right, here we go. Verse 1. The serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field the Lord had made. And he said, The woman has God indeed said, You'll not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said to the servant, We'll eat any tree of the garden, but the fruit that's in the middle of the garden. God said, You'll not eat it, nor you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said, you'll not surely die, for God knows the day you eat it, your eyes, your eyes will be open. You'll be like God, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw the tree, saw the tree. I'm going to ask you a question. You have 1,500 miles of trees. You have one tree told you not to look at. Why are you standing in front of it and looking at it? I'm going to come over here and preach. Have y'all ever thought about that? You have 1,500 square miles of trees. And Eve is in the middle of the garden staring at the one God said no. What is she doing there looking at the tree? You know, we got a bunch of scriptures that say, don't. Do not. Why are you standing there looking at the next door neighbor? Why are you watching all that stuff on TV? You know it ain't right. Turn it off. Why are you in front of the tree? You already know it's the devil. You know it's the devil. 
unsaved. They're all hellions. They're all, this is, this is the Antichrist system and you're going, this is evil. And you walk away and go, where's my phone? I am doing a good job. And the woman saw the tree was good for food. It was. Pleasant to the eyes. It was. Desired to make you wise. It was. But what did he say? No. The best way to just leave, just, just don't stand and stare at it. Uh, this is how I do all day. And I walk around and everybody goes, how are you doing, Pastor? Great. Have you heard what's happening? Yeah. Move of God's coming. He's answering prayer. He's on the throne. The Holy Ghost is in us. And you're walking around going, yeah. But you hadn't heard. I heard there's another virus coming. And I heard they're not letting our kids go back to school. And I've heard. Well, you might want to change what you heard. All right. One more scripture. John 8. Say, I think I'm going to do all right now. Yeah, you are. You are. Every one of us are going to do all right. Say, I will go from glory to glory to glory. My best days are ahead of me. Jesus didn't fall off the throne, y'all. He's still there. He's doing good. John 8, 31. Jesus said to the Jews who believe in him, if you abide. What's abide? That ain't no glance. That ain't no occasion. Listen, get over the Sunday morning sermonette. I went to church this week. Heard a good sermon. If your Bible ain't falling apart, your life is. <laughs> One day we're going to get in here and I'm going to teach you how to study it, how to actually sit down with it. But you find the scriptures we're using tonight and mark them and go home and read them over and over and over. All right. And you shall, if you abide in my word, you're my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Honey, truth don't do you no good until you have abided in it for a while. You're going to have to get to where you know that you're going to need to master it. Now, I got this pistol arrow here. He's not master yet. I said yet. One of the things I learned when I was shooting, I could never gain a lot of ground quick. But every week I learned one new thing. And I mastered one small thing every week, kind of like school. How many weeks are in a year? That's 52 things I mastered in a year. Do you think you would improve? I want you to walk out of here tonight with this thought. I'm going to learn one scripture this week. I'm going to master one scripture. I don't want you to get overwhelmed. I want you, I want you to get a scripture on prosperity. And I want you, that's all I want. Study that one scripture all week. Morning, noon, and night. To where you can quote it frontwards, backwards. Quote it in the morning, quote it at night, quote it in the afternoon, quote it when you go to bed. And quote it until you, until you can say it in Spanish. Amen. Amen. Now, is, now, what I just said, is that difficult? No. There's nothing difficult about it. No, There's enough grace on you that God can carry you while you're learning. Amen. That's right. And next week, I want you to add a second scripture to it. When you do, master the second one 
and go back over the first one occasionally. You don't have to read it constantly. You can if you want to. Mm -hmm. At the end of a month, you will have learned four scriptures. Right. Mm -hmm. One word from God is powerful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Amen. You will gain a lot of ground in 30 days. Brother Hagin said this. He reads something on healing every day. He has a book on healing. There's, there's, there's a 365 pages in there on healing. And it's just a little scripture and a little thing. And you can pull it off your bed and just read it out loud and put clothes and go to bed. Don't try to make the Bible work. Mm -hmm. right. Get it in you and let it work. Yes. But you get it in you. Now I'm going to ask you one more question. I'm going to, we're going to stop. When you're driving your car, when is the last time you consciously thought about the brake, the gas, the you don't, you don't think about it. You mastered it, and now it's a part of you. We're going to do that with our Bible. Amen. So I want you to understand this. If you can drive a car, you can learn the Bible. If you can count, you can, you can learn the Bible. If you can read, you can learn the Bible. Because there was a day that you did like me, and you sat and you went, Dick ran Jane ran spot ran to hey and you thought wow I can read well you could sort of and you turn the page Spot and Jane ran. Dick did not. Not. That's a new word. I got to think about. Run with Jane. Okay. Some of y'all are going so far back in time, y'all's brains are like... Did they, Melanie, do they still have Dick and Jane? Do they, they do? It work. I guess it works, don't it? Yeah. I had a very difficult time when I was a boy reading. They put me in a ring and it scared me because I was always conscious of the fact that I probably would not remember the word. But the teacher made me read and she made me read and she made me read. And to this day, I love to read. Someone made me read. Now, I'm going to make y'all. No, I wish I could. I wish I could. I'm going to ask you, and, 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 and Jerry, I'm, I'm going to pick on you. I love Jerry. You have to have him in your house for a week to fall in love with this guy. He's a complete nut. He's one of the funniest people you'll ever hang around. He's just a fun nut. Very good at his job. But you know, God wants all of us to prosper. And what I've told you tonight is simple. I'm going to give you anything hard. We're going to do it? Father God, thank you for tonight. I thank you. And I pray for Jerry that he would learn one scripture this week. Just one, God. Just one scripture. Just teach him one scripture. Not one he already knows. Don't let him do that. That's cheating. Father, help Jerry. Help Teresa to not push him too hard and be mean to him. I pray all of us in this room right now would start to, to learn just one. Maybe the one that we go from glory to glory, that would be a good one. Or, or, or some of the other ones we read tonight, just meditate on them and let until they become ours. That becomes my scripture. And that becomes real to me. And I pray that we would begin to learn how to study and, and get in a habit just the way we did in elementary school. It's no different now. And Father God, we're going to see great things. I thank you for every person in this room right now. If they're going through a situation that, Father, you would help them out right now, something they, that seems difficult, impossible to them, 
that if they ask anything in your name, you hear them and they have the, they have the petition that they have asked. And again, I'm in agreement with them for their prayers to be answered. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.